Hey, what's up, podcasters? This is the <laughs> Something Worth Talking About podcast. On this week, we uh, wanted to have an episode where we talked about um, women's health, uh, mm-hmm. women's reproductive rights. Well, not me and Jason. Not us, yeah. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> we, 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 it's a very, very important topic. Very pertinent in very. today's society, especially here in America. Yeah. Um, and, and we... Honestly, it's, it sounds cliche to say, like, we're, we're feminists, you know, yeah, like, yeah, we're woke and stuff. But, like, <laughs> at the same time, it is genuine. Like, we didn't really want to be a part of this conversation because it isn't, our... it's not really our fight. Like, we want to have that fight. We're supporters. We're of very the, much supportive of this issue. And it's a fight that is well worth having, but it's mm. not really something that we feel like it'd be appropriate I don't think, yeah. for us to be a part of because no. it, it's not our it's journey. Not our issue, yeah. It's not our battle, you know. I mean, yeah. But we're definitely there yeah. to support. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we wanted to have this episode where we could just kind of shed light on some issues mm-hmm. that um, everyday women in this country yeah. face. Uh, you I know. think they're, they're talking about, too, um, just like their own stories, too. For sure, yeah. Uh, uh, we have shed some light. It's going to be Cecily and Lily, uh, you know, but we also brought in our friend. Special guest. Uh, Special Anna guest. Yeah, Anna Frerich. She's here. She's Long-time friend. friend of the group. Uh, yeah. We all, you know, we all, we all five of us went to school together. Mm-hmm. Um, Lily and they're, Anna. They're the to, closest, yeah. Yeah, they're the closest. They went to preschool with each other. I went to Anna. I, me and Anna had the same third grade class yeah. together. I think we talked about this in another episode. But Random, but yeah. So, it, but anyway. Here we are. Um, here we are. So, it's going to be the three girls in there, I think. Right. So... So it's going to be a very interesting, insightful episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, yeah. We really appreciate your listenership. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And enjoy this episode. Yeah, thank you guys. Welcome to the Something Worth Talking About podcast. Today is going to be a women's discussion on women's health, uh, starring myself, Lily, Cecily, and our very special guest, Anna. So, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is great. Uh, More women, the better, um, I think. So, (laughs) let us begin talking about some recent issues that have been going on. Now, I know know there's a lot. It's somewhat heavy. Um, But what do you all think? What's with what's going on right now with women's health. Well, I live in St. Louis, Missouri. So mm-hmm. recently, Missouri has passed a heartbeat bill that I am not happy about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it only affects one abortion clinic, which I'm not happy about either. But right. yeah, St. Louis uh, Planned Parenthood is the only place in the state of Missouri that does perform abortions. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to take their license away. They're trying to say that once you're eight weeks pregnant, you can't have one anymore. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of it. Like, I think women should have a right to choose. Yeah. Also, you know, I think the if there is a health problem where she wants chooses to abort the fetus, mm-hmm. then it should just be between her and her doctor. She shouldn't have to prove her case that it is a health issue, mm-hmm. have to go through a bunch of hoops. And yeah. I just think that I am very pro her right to choose. I don't know her story. Nobody else knows her story, so she mm-hmm. should choose. So it's been very difficult living in St. Louis and knowing... That the state of Missouri is making choices for women in St. Louis that are hours away from where these bills are being passed by mostly men. So yeah, is that still going on? Yes. Um, okay. Because I know it was in the news like maybe a couple weeks ago, and it, the news yeah. kind of died down because you know the news cycle just con- there's always something new overshadowing um, other news. So. Yeah. So basically, they kept trying to make it to where they couldn't uh, get their license again. They kept trying to block 
them being able to get their license to perform abortions, which finally a judge decided it was unconstitutional. So now they have a temporary license, but eventually it's going to expire again, and it's just going to be a whole battle again. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I don't know what's the plan for that, but yes, it is very heartbreaking living in an area where that is happening. Right. So. I, I agree with you. I, I'm also pro-choice, and that doesn't necessarily mean we're not pro-life. It's just we want women to be able to choose um, you know, what's best for them and their family. I'm so sorry. They're, the men are recording another episode in the back of my house, and I can hear them. <laughs> yes, they're trying so, to ruin our podcast. Ignore, ignore the men. Always ignore men. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, not all men are terrible. That's what, that's basically what I'm saying. Anyway. Yeah. That's it. Two of us are, well, one of us is married and one of them is about to get married. So, we love men, but we also Sometimes. love our right to choose. So Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we both just read The Hands Tell. Have you read that yet? I have not. Oh my god. You so, yeah. Me and Lily have read it, and I have watched the show yes. religiously. I love the show. I know. I haven't gotten into it yet. And uh, there is actually a sequel coming out mm-hmm. um, by Margaret Atwood. That's going to answer some questions, hopefully. Yes, because the um, book was pretty brief compared to what she really should have talked about. Right, it's not as detailed. Yeah, I want those details. (laughs) But yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, Women should have the right to choose based on their life, their situation, their health. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, the child is not worth having. That's absolutely not the case, I think. Um yeah, I think it's just a complicated issue in saying yeah, that it's all it's, about the child is a right. too simple of an answer. Yeah, and so. and what and when a child is actually a human versus like an egg, zygote, that sort of thing. Um, but we could delve into that even further. It's yeah. just it's just like how you define it. But at the same time, like I think people just need to be respectful of other people's lives, and if. Um, you just need to support people in their decisions and that are best for them. It's a really, like, a person who's getting an abortion, like, it's hard. Like, I can't imagine the pain and the, like, of deciding to do that, you know? Um, yeah, most women aren't doing it just because, you know, they got yeah. a serious circumstance that is mm-hmm. driving them to do that. Yeah, it's, and, I don't think uh, many cases, or if any at all, are, are like, oh, I don't want a kid. I'm just going to do it for whatever reason. Like, you know, yeah. for willy-nilly, I guess. Just for fun. <laughs> right, because it takes a toll on your body as well, so it's not it's not just painless or, you, you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's... But that's not the only women's issue, though. There are so many women's yeah, issues. Yeah, that's the one that everybody's been talking about lately. Right. Which, it does affect a lot of women, but most women don't get an abortion. It's right. a very small percentage. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of other issues that face more women daily. Mm-hmm. But, oh, oh just a side note, on, on abortion, like, if abortion is... Um, allowed nationwide, you know, abortion rates will go down because there are safe ways to do it. Um, safer, cleaner ways to have an abortion. You know, like, because, like, banning it isn't gonna, like, abolish it. Mm-hmm. People are just, they're just gonna find another way to do it, and that those ways are gonna be dangerous and harmful. Um, but yeah, there are a lot more health reasons. Sorry, I just wanted to stick that no, in there. Fine. Actually, uh, I might jump in on that. Yeah, go, no, go for it. So... It, so I, I teach at a high school, and one yeah. of the classes I teach is health. And within health, of course, I teach sex ed. So um, it, I'm of the opinion that a more effective way to reduce the amount of abortions that women are having would be, kind of as Lily said, 
taking, making it illegal or passing heartbeat bills and things like that, people are just going to go to unsafe methods. So it's probably not going to actually reduce the amount of abortions that are taking place if that is an issue for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a more effective way would probably be to teach better sex ed. Definitely. So I know in my experience, in my most recent experience back in Waco teaching in high uh-huh. school, the majority of sex ed programs are very fear-based. Yeah. They don't they, they teach abstinence. Mm-hmm. Um, they STDs. don't. Yeah, they teach STDs. Oh, yeah. They don't focus very much on birth control. They don't focus hardly anything about consent or relationships. Wow. Then um, there's just a very shallow, superficial program that basically teaches you either be abstinent or get an STD, and there's nothing really in between that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I, I'm making taking it upon myself this year to teach more of a relationship-based sort of thing, more about empowering girls and women to protect themselves against pregnancy and take things with their own hands, to understand that it's not, there are more options than just a condom, you know, things like that. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of my perspective is rather than putting so much energy into the anti-abortion laws Mm -hmm. and putting more of that into sex ed in schools, I think that'd be a lot that's amazing. You're really great teacher. Yeah, also, I know the three of us all went to the same junior high and high school. I was about to say same and thing. our <laughs> sex ed classes were awful. Yeah, <laughs> and it was all weird. yeah the abstinence and STDs uh-huh. and, and pregnancy. Very shame based. Yeah, it was very shame based, uh-huh. and it was like. And you felt embarrassed being in there. You're like, this is awkward. I don't want to be. Like, here. I don't want to talk about sex. Yeah, like, sex it was natural. Yeah, um, all of this stuff is natural and. You can't repress your feelings if you have, like, it, uh, you know what I mean. But And consent. Yeah. Consent is always important. Yeah. I'm very surprised that, like, not surprised, I guess, but because I don't really remember my own health class in junior high or high school, but I don't remember us spending a lot of time on consent. And that's mm-hmm. super important that both people in the relationship understand right. what consent is and are very clear about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, yeah, I don't remember consent at all. Luckily, mm-hmm. you know, I was with my husband at the time in high school, and mm-hmm. he was very nice and told me, you know, it's all my decision, and mm-hmm. I'm so lucky I had that experience. Yeah. But as so many young women, they didn't have that experience. They felt pressured, even if they did say yes or weren't yeah. really comfortable with it yet. Right. So, unfortunately, consent should be taught in every single high school uh, sex ed class, but it mm-hmm. isn't. And parents should be teaching it, but they're not, so... Mm-hmm. It's yeah, definitely a crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of seems like the issue that is happening then is, so you're taught absence, but then you're also not taught about consent. So what happens to young women is they get into a situation where they maybe don't know how to express that they're not ready for it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they face shame for it. So there's, it's just kind of a no. Yeah. And you're, and you're like, oh, this is normal because this is what I was taught in school. Mm-hmm. Like, it is okay yeah. to be shameful. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's a bad system, which, yeah. you know, hopefully our generation will start teaching their children correctly yeah. and demand that schools teach it more across the board. So hopefully that will yeah. change in the next generation. Mm-hmm. That's my hope. And like colleges and universities, like when you first go to a new one, they may or um, in Baylor's case, we took it like every single year pretty much like Title IX, like a mini Title IX course that took like a half hour. I, I just finished one for U of I. Um where it's, like, an online videos and, like, little quizzes to make sure you know what consent is and what a healthy relationship looks like and um, how to intervene in a in a, in a bad situation. 
and I just I don't understand why we can't implement those at a younger younger age instead of when you get to college because <laughs> it's like um yeah I yeah because by the time you're in college you've already kind of learned you're having to unlearn probably a lot of uh-huh. things that you've been taught yeah and also most kids have had sex at that age let's be honest 16 mm-hmm. 18 is a pretty common age right. range of people first losing their virginity so yeah it's natural people have I mean people just have those feelings in uh, like you know when you hit puberty and like beyond um, you shouldn't shame people for having natural feelings I think you do have to act on them in a positive way I guess because um, I feel like I grew not that my parents did but in the, in the environment that I was in it was like very it was the same thing like sex is not a thing yet like don't do that don't think about that it's shameful if you do um which kind of like it put me in a weird position you know like i don't i'm still grappling with my sexuality and like figuring that out and what um basically yeah (laughs) i mean yeah we grew up in a small pretty conservative town and very religious and Mm -hmm. yeah they just wanted all of us to be abstinent until marriage and that was Uh the goal and so, yeah, my parents never talked to me about sex. They were always awkward about it. Yeah, my parents didn't yeah. either. And that's not, like, I don't want to say that's, like, a bad thing. My mom did My mom had been telling me that, like, American Girl book. The right, I have the American Girl book, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then, basically, she was like, if you have any questions, let me know. And then I was like, okay. But I never ask any questions. <laughs> yeah, I'll say it's the only, like, I talked to my grandma about birth control, but that was the only thing I talked to her about. But my grandma was, like, the 60s hippie, so yeah. she was all cool about the birth control. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, though, I didn't really have anybody I could talk to yeah. and ask questions. And if you start looking mm-hmm. on stuff online when you're that young, you just, you get overwhelmed. You don't know what to look for. Mm-hmm. You might even get, like, um, not good representations yeah. on that as well. And bad results, like things that you shouldn't do, but people online say you should do. And yeah. It's just, it's better to learn from somebody who's older and has experience that you know and are close to you. Mm-hmm. So then, I say oh. another, well, yeah. kind of what we already talked about. This is more of a teaching, but mm-hmm. something else we can talk about is just birth control in general, because there's so many different forms of birth control. And they all affect each woman differently. Mm-hmm. And as I, I know I personally had a story where I had to switch. Um, so basically, I actually didn't get on birth control till I was 19 because I couldn't get insurance till I was 19 because mm-hmm. uh, I moved to a new state and yeah. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know where to go. So my grandma, she helped me yeah. get insurance and helped me get on birth control. Mm-hmm. And initially, I was on the depot shot for, like, a year, and everything was great and fine. Mm-hmm. And then after a year, I started, like, lightly bleeding for, like, weeks straight, like, up to a month, month and a half. And then I would get my shot, and it would go away. Mm-hmm. And so I got tired of that constantly happening where towards the end of my shot, every time I would just be constantly, you know, bleeding. Mm -hmm. So finally I talked to my gynecologist, which is always good to have a good relationship with your gynecologist. And we started talking about different forms of birth control. And we realized that I, well, I actually have very severe periods. Like they'd be very heavy and I get a lot of pain. It'd be hard to work Mm -hmm. and do the things I need to do. And you know, your period should not affect your life that much. Right. So we decided that I needed to be on hormonal birth control, but the hormones in the shot was too much. So I ended up getting an IUD. I got the Mirena. It's going to last me five years, which is great because me and my husband do not want kids anytime soon. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, that's been working great for me. But, you know, for some women, the IUD doesn't work and the shot works fine. Like my mother-in-law, she had the shot for years and it turned out great. Mm -hmm. But for me, the shot didn't work well. So, you know, every woman, they need a different uh, type of birth control, whether hormonal or not. Mm -hmm. How much hormones, how little. So I think it's very good for a young woman to be very comfortable with their gynecologist talking about everything and figuring out what's best for her. In yeah. my scenario, that's what worked the best for me. Yeah, definitely. I I am in love with my birth control. It is my sanity pill, as I like to call it. Um, shout out Lola Restrin. <laughs> um, yeah, because my experience with birth control had been, like, it wasn't necessarily I was having bad periods or, like, um, having sex or anything like that. At the, like, And so um, the reason why I went on birth control is my hormones are imbalanced in my brain and um so like a week before i would have my period i would just cry uncontrollably about anything and it would be for like i would be crying for like two or three hours straight and like you know over something small or whatever but um we finally had to get like they're like maybe we should get some medication and so we went to the doctor and uh, my doctor recommended lolorestrin because it's it's um got the hormones in there that I need. And so once I started taking it, um, everything was fine. <laughs> like, and I, so I've been taking it for five years now, four years. No, it's been five. And, um, it's been great. I, I mean, I have, I don't know how, how I am without it. I mean, there was one time where I forgot to take it for a couple of days and I was a little stressed out about that, but I kind of come back on it. It's really, it's really good. And, Actually, since I had, I normally had a light period. It just stopped my period completely because it's it's just natural on that um, particular medication. So life is great. Over yeah, here. <laughs> okay. Most hormonal ones will stop your period. Both yeah. of mine did, which is great because I can't handle my periods; they suck. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you want to stop your period, hormonal birth control is your route. Yeah, it's very nice. Insurance or my parents' insurance cover it. Um, we'll see when I get married. <laughs> Uh, and my gynecologist this has been very nice. Um, she's very understanding. Um, tell her about all my problems, and she talks me through them. She's actually referred to me, referred me to a couple different places if I choose to go that route um, in terms of exploring other problems. Um, yeah, it's been so. Yeah, like Cecily said, having a good relationship with your gynecologist is very important. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can also attest to the importance of having a good relationship with the gynecologist. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not only is having going to the gynecologist good for problems you might have with your birth control, but women need to get a yearly checkup because our reproductive system is complicated compared to men's. Another way we get the short end of the stick. Nice. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, you got to get your pap smear and your monograms. Or not your monograms. We're not. The, that's older. Sorry. But you, you, mean, do, you, mean, you mean the mammograms? Yeah, the mammograms. Yeah. That's it. Uh, but you also, well, I know at least my gynecologists have, uh, done a breast exam too, just like a yeah. quick one because mm-hmm. we're young, so we don't need to do the full in-depth one. Uh-huh. But yeah, and then your pap smear will help you figure out if you have cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. So you get checked for cervical and breast cancer, yeah. which are two things that you need to get checked mm-hmm. at least once a year by a doctor. Correct. And yeah, just, it's important to go because, you know, they can help catch things early, not even just cancer, just any other issues you might have. You know, mm-hmm. it's important to have a healthy 
reproductive system and sex life, and they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So if I you have know. an issue with one, you're probably going to have an issue with another. So. Yeah. I had my first pap smear uh, earlier this year, and that was a joy. Yeah. I'm <laughs> it's getting, not fun, but you have to do it. <laughs> I'm getting close to my next one, and I'm not looking forward to it. Like, I got an IUD, so if you know, they actually put it for your cervix mm-hmm. into your uterus. Right. Hopefully you guys know that there is a cervix between your uterus and vagina. Um, look at a diagram. Yeah, look at a diagram. <laughs> so I was like, oh, a pap smear. They're going to rub a little test strip on my cervix. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I already got an IUD. It's fine. No, it's not fine. It still hurt. <laughs> no, it's never fine. No. And yeah, so, but got to get it done. Mm-hmm. And it's always good. Even if you think you don't have it, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. Especially if you haven't had children yet, because, you know, it's better to catch it early if you want to have children someday. Because mm-hmm. it'll definitely affect that. So, yeah. I also want to stress um, that this is also, like, sort of a political issue because it's like we want healthcare for all because we want, like, women's health is so important and there's so many, you know, like you said, it's very complex. So we need a lot of different care. Um, there's a lot of care that goes into women's reproductive health. Like, we want our birth, different birth control methods to be covered. There's so yeah. many different types. Um, yeah, so right now, I think they only really cover the pills and shot. And I had to get an IUD, so I had to pay for it out of pocket because right. it wasn't covered. I think it was worth the investment, but unfortunately, it wasn't covered. Uh-huh. And like I said, I had a bad reaction to the shot, and I didn't trust the pill because I'm very forgetful. Mm-hmm. So my only other option was paying out of pocket. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Because um, um, was it recently that um, I want to say, sorry, if sorry if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. under Trump's policy or something like that, birth control was not good, or like the pills were not going to be able able to be under insurance health care oh, yeah, insurance. your employer insurance yeah, yeah that's, that's it. it they can say it for the religious reasons say that it won't cover it right and which is really probably just a financial reason they don't want to cover it let's yeah be which is really problematic because like like i was saying like i i mean i don't use my pills for birth necessarily but like i use it to keep my mental health sane yeah and um, i use mine to help me you know not have a period so that way i'm not stuck in bed for a week every month like it's also for health care it's mm-hmm. not just to help prevent pregnancy. I mean, it's right. an awesome side effect, but it's not the only reason people use it. I want to say it also helps with acne, too. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, I say I have terrible acne no matter what, so <laughs> it doesn't help me. I'm just cursed, no. but for most women, it helps yeah. them not have acne. Mm-hmm. Many men, yeah. Yeah. I say it's just, it's important. And another thing is, too, like, yes, birth control prevents pregnancy. Like, I know my I changed gynecologist, but my first gynecologist, she told me she kept getting IUDs to prevent from getting her tubes tied because it's a risky surgery, mm-hmm. and she didn't feel comfortable getting the surgery, and she felt safer getting IUDs. So yeah. you know, it's also to help prevent a major surgery, which would be more expensive, and it just has requires downtime and can have complications. So mm-hmm. you know, birth control is for multiple things mm-hmm. should be covered and. Even if you're not going to the gynecologist for birth control, you know, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of issues that, unfortunately, women get stuck paying out of pocket if it's not just a quick checkup and you're good. Yeah. I think we could also um, include in women's health, like, um, maternity leave. Oh, yeah. that's also, I feel like, I Awful. mean, after you've had the birth of a child, which is an event in and of itself, like, you are expected to... Um, like, a woman is expected to go back to work 
fairly quickly. Yeah, um, um, it's only required that your employer lets you off for six weeks. Mm-hmm. That's the law. They can't make you come back before then, but it's not paid at all. Yeah, so we, it's we, all out of pocket. <laughs> so most women do go back that are like sooner low than, income. They'll go back sooner than that, right? Because if yeah, if they earn half the ho- household income, then it's like or all of it. They're or all of it, yeah. yeah. And they have a new baby. Yeah, and we're yeah. the only developed country that does not have paid maternity leave, so that's just great. Yeah, I know there are companies that are trying to be more progressive and extend maternity leave, so I commend them for that. Yes. But I think we need, or they're. Um, doing paid maternity leave, but I think that it does need to be longer paid. And even I know uh, I can't remember which company or if it's like um, a nation that's doing it. Um, but um, they're also having letting the fathers go on maternity leave as oh, well, yeah. so they can spend time with their child. Yeah, I think that's great too. And then also, I think it's great. I don't know some companies may be doing this, but like people that adopt children should be able to take yes. off like a maternity leave too because mm-hmm. it's a big transition for them also but i'm not a like i think six weeks is too early especially since some mothers have c-sections which oh, already yeah. requires in bed rest for i'm not sure how long but i know it's probably yeah. at least a week it's, it's a lot yeah and then they only have five more weeks to get back to normal mm-hmm. and it's just not good. It just shouldn't be like this, and we're the only developed country that is like this. I don't understand it, really, because, like, either. if you value women, you value children, like, you value them, just them as people, like, you respect them for the trauma, like, not trauma, but, you know, it's, it's a lot on your body to have a child yeah. and go, and your life drastically changes. Yeah, and also, it's just, it's best for the child for you to be there mm-hmm. when they're that young. Definitely. And going back to the original topic that we had today, all if everything else we've talked about, if this stuff would be implemented, the rate of abortions would probably go down. Yeah. Because then people wouldn't have to have all these worries on them if they had a child, if it was easier for them to support the child. Oh well, another God. thing is, too, is some women can lose their jobs if they become pregnant mm-hmm. or have a child, too. It shouldn't be sexist. Le- <laughs> it shouldn't. It's not supposed to be for, uh, it's supposed to be against the law. Yeah. But they work their way around it because some right. companies like say you have to be able to lift fifty pounds. Well, a pregnant woman cannot lift fifty pounds, mm-hmm. so they can let her go because she's not requiring here. She's not fulfilling the requirement. Yeah, that's really that's a sexist and um, just awful. Terrible, yeah, <laughs> just terrible like, human beings. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, now I'm just all kind. I'm all kind of mad today. Yes, <laughs> about that. Um, do you think? Well, do you think we can include the pay gap, too? Because then it's like, you know... Women yeah, we can do it real men. brief, because that's Sorry, a whole other discussion. Now we're, in, now we're in feminism. Yeah, we're <laughs> being real feminists here, real quick. <laughs> we're in feminism, and we're talking about women's health, because they're... Oh, anyway, yeah, the pay gap is annoying, because, like, women make, what, 77 cents for every Well, it depends on about. what you're racist. So white women... Oh, okay, yeah, make that's right. 76 cents, I think, or 77, something like that. For every In the 70s, maybe. I'll say yeah. that, which is ridiculous. Uh-huh. For every dollar that the man, yeah. a man uh, makes. And then, like, it's even less if you're a minority, like, yeah. black, Asian, Hispanic. I say, I know, yeah, African-American women make, like, in the 50s compared to a white male, which is even more ridiculous. For the same job. It's yeah. To, to specify, yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I know. Just, and it wow. is ridiculous. And there's lots of single mothers out there, and it's drastically affecting their life every day. Right. And like, if anything, they need more money than uh-huh. a single white male. But right. unfortunately, there's lots of sexism and racism. Mm-hmm. So. so less money equals le- more stress, less um, 
maybe perhaps less access to health care. Mm-hmm. Um, less time with your child, too, because sometimes they have to get a second job. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. It's a yeah. bad system. <laughs> Another it bad system. messed up, and I'm very sad right now. <laughs> um, well. Well, let's hope it can get better. I we'll talk there, about there some good hope. things that are happening. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth Warren is running right now. Yay. Yes. For president. We, yeah, we're in the primary, not, not the primaries, but, like, we're in the middle of, like, the Democratic debates right now. Yeah. And right now she's, uh, from what I've seen, she's pulling in second, which is great. Yeah, behind Biden. Biden. Yeah. Um, the- we could list off all the Democratic candidates, but um, yeah. <laughs> but I think we're. I think most of them are had are have the same goals. Obviously, mm-hmm. different ways of getting there or or like initiatives that they're doing. But I do commend Warren for for that. Yeah, um, and I really hope that this country. I, mean, I think it would be out. great. I think it's about time we had a woman president. I, I want think my future dope. potential daughter someday to know yeah. that there was a woman president. Yeah. Because, you know, in our lifetime, there has never been a woman president. So. Right. Ever. <laughs> yeah, there has never been one. Like, I think Hillary, was she the first she one? She was first to run. Yeah. yeah, as a president. Yeah. yeah. Which was exciting, yeah. It was exciting, but sad. And yeah. it was way too late, <laughs> let's be honest. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I thought maybe in the 70s we should have had a woman president at least mm-hmm. running, if not one. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just, it's what? It, I say wild, but I don't mean to sound like a millennial or like a Gen Z, but it is, I think it's just ridiculous how women have been kind of, you know, oppressed in these ways. Like, we can't, we're not expected to run for president. Yeah, we're not expected to be leaders. Yeah. We're expected to just be followers and, Mm -hmm. yeah, be behind the stronger male. Hashtag bossy or, you know, like assertive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A bitch. Sorry. But yes, it's true. <laughs> yeah, all those things. I all think. those things. Well, Even we want to talk about slut shaming real Oh, quickly. yeah. That's important about- to know. And I, I honestly, like, when I was younger, maybe even in high school, like, I, I'm, I, I will confess, like, I looked down on, on different types of women who, like, had certain lifestyles or dressed a certain way. And yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm sorry. Like, I, I was a terrible person. Like, that's, I'm not going to blame it on anybody. Um, for being that way, I think, but I think it was also like the environment that we grew up in, a very conservative, conservative religious town, and that, in, in that we, they, we heard our parents and way. friends and family talk that right. way, too. and we thought that was right. So yeah, I'm, we thought I'm you so were supposed sorry. to conserve yourself. Yeah. yeah, luckily I never said it to any woman's face that I can think of. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I, I just I mean, kept it to myself, but I shouldn't mm-hmm. even thought that. You right, know, it's just clothes. Dress mm-hmm. how you want to dress. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, pro- probably, like, for me, it's, like, some celebrities, but now I realize, like, wow, wow, I was a jerk for thinking that. Like, they're just living their life, trying to, you know, do do their thing, be happy, and why? who am I to say, like, you should, like, that thing shouldn't make you happy. No. Yeah, anything you, I feel like you don't have to Sorry. We're just keeping going. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's such a shame. Like, yeah. if people, yeah, I feel yeah, like there's I, a lot of pressure on people to, on women to, like, more pressure than men to be in one relationship. Like, have one, like, be committed to, like, one person. Mm-hmm. For, and, like, I, I'm not advocating for cheating here, but, like, yeah. like more of, like, a long-term thing, you know? Like, you're uh-huh. expected to kind of settle down with somebody. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's okay if you want to date around. It's okay if you yeah. want to, like... See a bunch of different people and do a bunch of different things. Uh-huh. Keep it casual. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
<laughs> that's my two cents. <laughs> no, no, I definitely agree with you. It was like coming to college. It was different for me, and like I said, it took a while for me to get out of that mindset. So, yeah. So we all moved away from our hometown, and I think it was probably the best for all of us. I feel like we've all grown a lot mm-hmm. as women, yeah. and have realized, well, wait, we can. This is a better ideal or a better way we should be living our lives. Yeah. You know, I think it was good for my mental health and for my growth to move away from my hometown. I think we all feel the same way. We just, yeah, we moved to areas where we are able to be the women we wanted to be without mm-hmm. judgment. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I think we, I think a lot like society sometimes like even tries to pit women against each other and we're mm-hmm. already like oppressed or like you know looked down on already like why why should we do it to ourselves <laughs> like do it to each other i mean like yeah. we, we need to lift each other up and um help well, i mean we other. should all lift, lift each all of everybody oh, yeah. up like yeah. there's room for all of us to be successful right. and happy and even so i feel like a lot of like some people try to pit men versus women right which is also mm-hmm. like i understand that men have done bad things to women but you know like I said, me and Lily are in very committed relationships with great guys uh-huh. who have helped us grow, too. And it's, you know, I have no hate towards men. I no, just feel yeah. like some of the systematic issues that have been caused by men need to be helped change by both men and women. Yeah. You know, we all need to work together to help this country become better for everyone, including 50% of the population, which is women. Right. So. Feminism is not just a women's issue. It's the idea that men and women are equal, and but it's acknowledging that women are are right now considered lower, I guess. Is that, yeah. the, is that the best way to describe that? Yeah, I mean, yes, of course there's men like, issues. Like, you brought up paternity leave. Like, most places don't even have that for men. Mm-hmm. And men are considered to be more reserved and not show emotion. Mm-hmm. And those are two awful things, but compared to some of the other things that women face, it's not as severe. And I feel like, you know, there's things that need to be focused on first, you know, like making sure that we are healthy and we get to ha- make our own decisions and get paid the same amount. I think those are more pressing. And I, I don't I don't want to sound rude, but no. yeah, basically like feminism is going to help everybody. I think yeah. that's the point. Yeah, yeah. The point is definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because also, yeah, the single mother raising sons, like it's going to help her to help her son. Mm-hmm. So right. you're really... Mm-hmm. You know, thinking, well, you know, it's going to hurt men. It's not. It's going to help those young sons that she's raising, too. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. Well, yeah. did we cover everything? I think so, yeah. <laughs> just, you know. I, I mean, very briefly, obviously. Yeah. We've written books on these topics. <laughs> no, we're not <laughs> professionals. This is just our personal experiences. And yeah. Just some of the ways that we've learned and dealt with things in our personal lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, are hopeful for change. And yeah, we'll definitely. see what the next few years hold. Hopefully, lots of change. Because mm-hmm. I did see like if we're on like the current track now for like the equal pay, it's going to be like two hundred years or something like that before oh, we're <laughs> Don't equal. Tell me that. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, it's not fun, but we can change that. Hopefully, you That's know, right. try our best to mm-hmm. resist. Yeah, resist, friends. <laughs> yes, persist. She persisted. <laughs> Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. This has been a really special episode, I think. Um, definitely things that need to be said, repeated, loudly. Call your representatives, talk to them about it. I'm not sure what else to say here. Yeah, if you're raising children, you know, 
teach him like the sex ed stuff we're talking about you mm-hmm. know you should definitely do some research yeah be open yeah. be open and honest i think that's the best thing yeah and if you need help deciding where to start i know a lot of other countries are doing great things for their sex eds and look at you then <laughs> think it's great you yeah. should definitely look at what places outside of the u.s are doing mm-hmm. some great things happening around the world yeah so, yeah. so thank you guys we will see you in the next episode Bye-bye.